time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom. And this is a show where we plop down in the living room for the big bowl of cereal and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And today, we watched The Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers. Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers aired in syndication from 1986 to 1989, created by Robert Mandel, produced by Gaylord Entertainment Company. It ran for only one season, but it was 65 episodes. As I said, it was syndicated, so it was on various networks. For a short synopsis, four elite Galaxy Rangers with unique abilities defend law and order among the space colonies and protect humanity from the evil Crown Empire. You know, I, I just, I have a quick question. Is I wonder why so many cartoons, like their seasons are ridiculously long. Like, I think Tiny Toons was the same. Like, one season could be 60-something episodes, but you get yeah. like a TV show and it's usually, you know, 26, 27 if it's a really good show, you only get like 10. <laughs> Where's my 60 episodes of Daredevil? What's going on? Yeah, seriously. Who are some of the actors on this show? So there's a lot of random characters from the pilot and the rest of the series, and a lot of them didn't carry over very far. So I am just taking the main cast of the series in general, or at least the most consistent ones, the most important ones. So you've got the character of Zachary Fox. He's voiced by Jerry Orbach. Shane Gooseman, voiced by Doug Preece. The character of Nico was voiced by Laura Dean. Doc, also known as Walter Hartford, was voiced by Hubert Kelly. Character of Waldo was voiced by Henry Mandel. Zozo, voiced by Bob Batone. And Captain Kidd, who is actually just a big old chicken, voiced by Earl Hammond. I like how they have a big space pirate chicken named after an actual pirate. That was a character that I really didn't like in the first episode, and then I grew kind of fond of him in the second episode. Right. So I, he became probably one of my favorite characters. I agree. After that. It was such a strange transition. First of all, I wanted to give this show five stars based on the theme song alone and like <laughs> the trailer that we saw for this cartoon. Because, oh my god, did it make this thing look amazing and ridiculous. It's like everything you could ever want out of an 80s cartoon show. You had cowboys in space, and there's spaceships and lasers, and freaking heavy metal rock music playing, and screeching guitars, and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> oh my god, it was a, it was just crazy. So you're saying it didn't hold up to the trailer? Not quite. So in some aspects, yes. Yeah, I feel like I felt kind of the opposite about it. I really enjoyed this, but we'll get into that more. I dug around on the interweb seeking some interesting tidbits or marshmallows about this show, and I really couldn't find a lot of trivia on it. But what I did find was Galaxy Rangers toys were never released in the U.S., but they did have a few. There was one of Goose, one of Doc, one of Zack, one of the Queen of Crowns, Lazarus Slade, who I don't know who that is. He wasn't in any of the episodes that we watched, and Captain Kidd, of course. So I need to find these toys. Apparently, they're extremely rare, but I will find them one day, and they will be mine. Where did those release at? I think it was only like in the U.K. Really? They were not, yeah, they were not here. 
Was this all. an American-made show, or was this Japan first, or...? It was one of the first anime-style shows produced mainly in the U.S., and although the actual animation was done in the Japanese animation studio, at the time it was aired, it was considered a revolutionary children's show because of all this, uh, in part. And it, it also became a cult favorite and has been considered innovative and ahead of its time. It had a unique sense of humor, and each character was well-defined with, without the trait of cliches to sell toys, which was very common among the shows of its time. And huh. that makes sense. I mean, it yeah. really didn't feel to me like it was trying to sell me anything. It was just a show about some crazy space cowboys. Yeah, I can agree with that. And, you know, I I can see how this would have really, really appealed to kids at that age when it came out. Because, yeah, the animation style reminds me of, like, Transformers meets Gundam. Yeah. There was some real, real cool animation we'll get into that as the show goes on but good stuff and yeah i can tell that this was kind of like a cult favorite because it's one that i had never heard of i had no idea this existed but i posted a little clip of it on instagram and got lots and lots and lots of likes and stuff and some guy was like oh epic cartoon i'm like wait did you watch this when it was out (laughs) i didn't even know it was a thing so you know what like the more i read on this the more i saw how much of a following it had and really anytime i saw it listed anywhere it was like this was a very underrated cartoon for various reasons and the more we talk about it, maybe we can unfold a little bit to why that is or why people liked it so much. It's so highly rated on IMDb. It's rated at an eight, yeah. which is so weird for something that we had never heard of before. And it was hard to find the top rated episode because of that, because most of them were on par with one another. And right. if, when I went to TV.com, most of them were like tens. So it's like, well, That's what crazy. can I even do with that? Yeah. Do you have any memories of the show? I mean, I know that probably neither of us really ever heard of it, let alone watched it. Yeah, I I didn't know anything about it. I did not know this existed whatsoever. But as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, I should have been watching this. Yeah, to me, this was like, it was kind of on par with Dino Riders as far as the appeal of it. But Dino Riders was very much made to sell toys. Whereas this one, it didn't feel that way to me. And this was something I never even, I don't even think I'd ever heard of it. There was tons of like space, maybe not space cowboy stuff, but there were tons of like Old West cartoons and tons of space cartoons. So maybe somewhere along the line, this just got pushed away because I thought it was another one of the flock. But it's times like these, I'm extremely grateful that we watch random shows for this podcast because this was a real standout amongst 80s cartoons for me. What year did this one come out? It was 86 is when it was first released. Do you have any idea when Cowboy Bebop came out? 98. 98. Wow. So this might have been like a predecessor for the whole space cowboy kind of genre as far as like television goes because, you know, Cowboy Bebop came out um, over... 10 years after this and you get you know some of the renowned nerdy shows in our kind of culture like firefly and stuff like that you know all highly regarded things and they're all cowboy like space westerns basically as far as i know it looks like this is the first 
thing that I can pick out as far as television that hit that genre. Yeah. Bravestar came out the year after this in 87. And wow. I thought it was, I, I think I got the two intertwined or mixed together because it is a space cowboy kind of thing or kind of a space Indian cowboy series. So I'm sure we'll watch that eventually. I've never seen that show, but apparently it's much worse. Great. Yeah. So that'll be a fun one to watch. Well, it was recommended for people that like this show. <laughs> Brave Star? Okay. Yes. IMDb <laughs> recommends it if you like oh boy. this show. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the three episodes we watched for today's show. The very first episode, the highest rated episode, and finally a random listener chosen episode. The order may vary depending on how these episodes fall chronologically, but of course we have to start with the very first episode, which was Phoenix, season one, episode one, where Galaxy Ranger Zachary Fox's new assignment is to be the marshal for planet Kerwin. Realizing the dangers of space, the government selects four unique individuals with unique abilities to handle the new frontier. I didn't read the whole thing because it was very long. Oh my god. That's a short synopsis of that episode. The synopsis is very misleading. I feel like the pilot episode was very misleading as to what yeah. we were to expect. Because oh, absolutely. The pilot had like nothing to do with the rest of the show. It was yeah, weird. It wasn't until the very, very end of the pilot that we actually got to see what would then be the space cowboy portion of right. it that we get to see later. And it kind of came out of nowhere, too. I mean, we'll we'll talk about some of the other stuff first and then get yeah, to yeah, that. Yeah. But so, OK, to set the story here, it's the year 2086. Two peaceful aliens came to Earth seeking our help. In return, they gave us the plan for our very first hyperdrive. That's a cool idea. I like the yeah. premise of this. Except those aliens had really stupid names. The aliens were not great. I'll say that. <laughs> well, what were their names? It was uh, Waldo and Zozo. Waldo and Zozo. Yes. Yeah. So already we've got this. I don't know if that was part of the show's unique sense of humor that they were talking about. but No. <laughs> we're just no. going to go with no. <laughs> no. That was just a bad decision. But the theme song, we'll start out with that since that's what the show starts oh out with. Oh my god, that theme song is amazing. One of the best theme songs of any cartoon I've seen ever. I'm going to say it's the best theme song I've heard for anything. Like, it's fantastic. Oh my god. Yeah, like, the listeners would have heard a clip from it at least before listening to the rest of this, but it's just great. No guts, no glory. It's so oh powerful. You know, I, if they wouldn't have said the words Galaxy Rangers in the song, I would have assumed that this was an actual 80s song that they just borrowed for the show. Because, I mean, the, the quality and the sound of it is <laughs> on par with the the real, like, hit music of, like, the, the hard rock genre of the 80s. I mean, like, yeah. it sounds like this is something you would have heard on the radio and you'd be rocking out to, man. Absolutely. I'll rock out to it now. Like, it makes me want, <laughs> even if I didn't know anything about this cartoon, I would want to be a Galaxy Ranger. I wouldn't yeah. even know what it is, but I want to be one because this song makes it that appealing. This song could have been in Top Gun easily. The, the best way to describe it is if you guys have seen the Transformers cartoon movie... Uh, and they yeah. had a whole bunch of music like that. Um, a lot of it done by Stan Bush, who was great at those ones he did. Like, uh, you got the touch, you <laughs> yeah. got the power. <laughs> the song's like that, but even better. So, oh, man, I could listen to this all day. Yeah, that's going to be my ringtone from now on. Oh, that is a great idea. Oh, this has to be my ringtone now. Yes. <laughs> So we have Waldo and Zozo. Waldo, I don't remember what his race was, but Zozo is a Kiwi alien. Yeah, that's what they called it. We're not kidding. A Kiwi. Yeah, a Kiwi. 
Zachary goes to this planet to be the new marshal, and then we get to see an alien vessel approaching, which is basically a giant red Star Destroyer from Star Wars. Yeah, but he does have his family with him. He's got his wife and two kids with him, mm. and they're talking spaceship. I, yeah, I guess those things are all important, even though we never see any of them ever again. That's not like an ominous thing, like something terrible is going to happen. It's just, I if you look on their IMDb stuff, those characters are in five episodes. And that's it. The show's 65 and they're in five. Yeah. I, I would assume the wife would have to be since she's been kidnapped at the end of this episode. <laughs> right. It's not her fault, I won't say, but it's because of her that really the Galaxy Rangers get started in the way that they are. That's true because uh, she was dumb enough to get herself kidnapped. <laughs> I, You know, that's kind of mean because she did something very noble to get herself yeah, kidnapped. She so. saved her kids. So She did save her kids. Well, as you were saying, a Red Star Destroyer shows up. Th- that was the one that the Queen was in, right? Yes. So there's this, or not the Queen. I guess she, was she the Queen or was she working for the Queen? No, she is the Queen. She's the Queen so of the Crown. Which doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. But she doesn't really like, uh, she doesn't show her face. She's just got a hood up. Put not your hood first. up. And yeah. <laughs> uh, there's just shadow and little red sparkly lights every once in a while. Yeah, which at that point, I thought that that was going to be how she looked the whole time was just yeah. some mysterious, ominous figure. I kind of wish she had stayed that way. But yeah, they showed her face later and it was kind of underwhelming. You're like, oh. Oh, yeah, it took the mystery away. Yeah, it was so much scarier when she was just a bunch of red blinking lights. <laughs> yeah, because then who knows what's under there? Yeah. So we've got the Phoenix is the Galaxy Ranger ship, hence the name of the episode. Or actually, it's the ship of Zachary and his family at the time. GV is the ship's AI. And is I know he... how oh, much you love God. GV, Chris. It was terrible. It was <laughs> like... He's this little computerized ball that shows up on their dashboard and talks to them. You know, like anything, like in Green Lantern, they had Aya. You know, it's something like that. But this thing, uh, they didn't even try to make it sound remotely electronic, robotic. It was just like a guy and not someone that was talented at what he was doing. (laughs) Because he'd be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Ah, like uh, something would go wrong. And he'd be like, ah, 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 (laughs) God, it was so bad. Do some of the sound effects that he did. Uh, Okay. Beep, 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 beep. That was about the quality of it. Like, no joke. Yeah, it's, that's not exaggerating. It, you could tell it was just some guy that they were like, here's a microphone, man. Just make some <laughs> robot noises with yeah, your mouth. It, it was <laughs> like they got somebody who was like aspiring to be like Dave Coulier or, <laughs> or, or the cop from Police Academy. Yes. Uh, except when's... without any talent. Yes. Oh, my God. It was really bad. You know what? (laughs) There was a lot of terrible voice acting in this pilot episode. Yeah. Like, all of the aliens and robots were awful. Like, the (laughs) worst... It uh, is honestly, but, it was the worst voice acting I've ever seen in my life. But the aliens were so bad that they made me laugh many times. And <laughs> yeah. for that, I appreciate them. I feel like the aliens were almost purposely bad because the things they said were even way out of left field. Like yeah, okay. The lines that they had were written horribly. Like, yes. didn't make any sense. No, there was one where... Okay, Zozo is a Kiwi, and that is what his species is. So at one point, the aliens are coming down to take humans because humans 
humans are the best treats for the slaver lords, and that's why the queen is trying to capture them. I don't know. It's a weird, complicated story yeah. where she's trying to capture, or she captures beings to feast on their essence, and humans are apparently the ripest and best thing to feast on. Right. So they're be? after humans, but the aliens, these robot aliens don't know what they look like. So they come down, grab a kiwi and he throws it behind him, just throws <laughs> the kiwi just in the air this behind dude him. through the air, yeah, which was great. I started laughing. That was pretty funny. Uh, what? <laughs> I don't remember what was going on, but like they showed somebody like a kiwi and someone else talking to a human about eating something and the human's like kind of tastes like shoe leather <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean just says it like that and it's really out of nowhere and i'm like oh god and then they're getting invaded by these robots like you said to come steal the humans and this one robot they show a couple times as he swoops down and he's like shooting and it doesn't even look like his ship gets damaged or anything no. he just doesn't put on the brakes <laughs> And he's like getting really close to this tower or something and then just yeah. blows up and dies. Yeah. Bah, too close. Ah. ah. <laughs> yeah. And that is literally like, that's what it sounds like. It's that poor. It's that terrible quality. Yeah, Boom. he doesn't, you're right. He doesn't get shot. He doesn't get like put off course at all. He just wrecks into this tower that's obviously there. He's a very poor pilot. The poor depth perception with yeah, these robots. I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get the latest Windows patch. We get to also see this random alien outlaw vessel called the Iron Falcon. This is where Captain Kidd is, the giant chicken pirate. <laughs> and he has various other alien outlaws with him. His engineer, I guess, is named Gunner. And so he's yeah. just this weird green alien. I actually grew to like this guy, too. He's pretty funny. And he's got a little um, creature that hangs out with him. Oh, yeah. Kind of like Salacious Crumb. Or like a gremlin mixed with a monkey or something. I don't no, know. That's exactly what it is. It's a mixture of Salacious Crumb and Gizmo from Gremlins. Yeah, perfect. The voice voice of Gizmo and kind of the look of Gizmo, but the monkey-like features of Salacious Crumb. And his name is Squeegee. Squeegee, yeah. These people have the the either the best or the worst names, depending on who you ask. Right. So he intercepts Zachary Fox's ship. Man, Zachary Fox is like, he doesn't give a shit. Like, <laughs> he was talking, because they started talking over, like, these comms, and he's got his family with him, so of course he's going to be a protective father or husband. But he's basically like, we're a peaceful people, but we will go to war or something like that. Just <laughs> yeah. he like threatens war against this chicken if he yeah. tries anything. I was he like, was, whoa, that is the, he's either the best or the worst tactician there is because Dude. I was like, OK, he's going to try to play this real mellow and, and, you know, reach out for peace. And he's just like, yeah, we are a peaceful people, but we will destroy your race if we have to yeah. or something like that. <laughs> Dude, he's a bad <laughs> like. Yeah. I love Zachary Fox. That dude's, he's like my favorite person in this whole freaking cartoon because he just, he doesn't give two fucks. He is a man's man for sure. He will take Captain Kid to KFC and fry that dude. <laughs> yeah. And he absolutely. will eat him in front of his family. <laughs> so uh, there's this one part where Zachary Fox is, uh, well, their ship gets kind of taken in and captured and there's this part where zachary fox is on top of the ship and this kind of crony comes out to fight him like this monster alienish dude but he swings down from a cable in space he's swinging <laughs> like like you would see tarzan swing on a vine through space that how does that that's not 
Ah, that makes no sense. That's how much of a badass he is. He can swing <laughs> through space. God, doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> so the ship is captured by the outlaws in order to sell off to the Queen of the Crown, you know, for a very high price. Humans are of high regard, so they're going to sell well. And these guys are pirates, so obviously they're doing it for the money. Or as they call it constantly, the booty. And yeah, that's something they love that, to say booty. That made me laugh a lot because, and, and especially Squeegee loves to repeat booty every time we see him in the other episodes. He's still just, saying booty, just talking about booty, yeah, <laughs> all the time. Oh, good stuff. So Waldo and Zozo actually do come in handy in this episode, and they trick one of the outlaw crew members to basically shut off the force field or tell them the button to shut off the force field that is holding Zachary captive. The kids and his wife escape well the kid yeah kids escape in well, the, one of the, the ships. wife does too but she go, she uh has to buy them time to get out oh, so the yeah, wife yeah. goes back to fight the aliens and makes them flee in the ship right so she gets captured she gets captured and that's what starts us off on this chain of events that leads up to the galaxy rangers we've got zachary fox who okay <laughs> We'll go straight to the end of this because this is where we see all the characters introduced, even characters that we didn't see at all before who are somehow very important parts of this new crew. We've got Zachary Fox, of course. He's the leader. And what happens is they have these badges that trigger these cybernetic enhancements in them that amplify these. I don't I guess they're innate abilities that they have. I'm yeah, not they have sure. an implant in their brain. And this oh, when they touch their right. badge, it triggers the implant in their brain. Oh, yeah. It's it gives them the... these abilities they're imbued with. The Series 5 brain yeah. implant. Yeah. Yep. So Zachary Fox, it turns his advanced bionics into powerful weapons. So he yeah. can basically like shoot arm cannons. Apparently he's half robot. I we did not so. know that before the last one minute of the episode that <laughs> yeah, he's half robot. It, exactly. <laughs> we, we get introduced to Doc Hartford, who uh. is basically, he's the Donatello kind of of this because he does machines. His power, no, he, he's the Mati, like in Captain Planet of this because his power <sighs> is... He's a computer wizard. That's his power. <laughs> but He's his computer is like a, a, he has little crystal that comes out and then yeah, he, hacks he has a couple little AI things. It's it's weird. Uh, we have God. Nico, the female member who has enhanced psychic powers. Then we have Chain Gooseman, who can become nearly invincible. He can also transform into other forms, I guess. It's like other alien species. Yeah. Like, not whatever he wants. It's like specific yeah, species. Yeah, he kind of melds into his environment, whatever's yeah. around him. And he also dual wields pistols. He's uh, Clint Eastwood of this cartoon. Basically. And just to, because you guys have to know that that <laughs> part where it introduces those four of them came out of nowhere. Because it's like, dude's wife gets captured and he's like, ah, oh, I got to get her back. And then all of a sudden it's a narrator introducing these four. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, what? What? Yeah, Is she it- dead? Like, what? What happened? Like- yeah, it shows because it goes back to the base with Zachary Fox. And then it's like the ambassador telling him, OK, here's the crew that you requested. Like, we should all have known about this to right. begin with. Instead, it's just this all happened behind the scenes. And now we're getting to see the aftermath of it. So it's because it, it wasn't until later that I had I pieced together. Oh, OK. Well, obviously, there is some amount of time that had to have transpired between his wife being captured and him going back to wherever, getting this team assembled 
and then getting back out there. Right. They just, but they didn't tell us that. They just kind of let from one <laughs> to the other, and we had no idea what was going on. Like, where do these people come from? And yeah. we're like, oh, it's the people from the theme song that we haven't seen yet, and we didn't get them till the last 30 seconds of the episode. <laughs> but we finally got them. We got to hear about their abilities and everything, and that's how that episode wraps up. The wife is captured, and that is the mission, at least for five episodes. Yeah, and then that's it. That She's done. Yeah. She's done after yeah. that. It's over. The kids are gone. The stupid uh, AI on the ship is gone. Yeah, none of those are important anymore. It's all about yeah. the Galaxy Rangers after that. So uh, my guess is that they, they made the pilot and the network or whatever that they were trying to appease was like, it's a really cool idea, but all of this stuff sucks. So yeah. Let's, let's phase those out. Get rid of that AI and no kids. Let's no just, kids. We don't Galaxy like your wife. Rangers done. So yeah, that's what happens in this in the fifth episode. He divorces his wife and he <laughs> he gives his kids up for adoption. Right. That's it's what a rough any, life in space. That's what any responsible space cowboy would do. <laughs> of course. <laughs> He's got to explore the new frontiers of space. The next episode that we watched was chosen by me because I like the name of it in the description. It was called trash literally trash season trash with two a's yes season one episode 10 the trash a very aggressive territorial species are encountered in a new area of space the rangers are ordered to make contact with the trash something no one else has ever attempted the trash are basically big bugs yeah they are big bugs this is starship troopers what was the name of the um that guy that was ordering everybody around Oh, I can't remember what his name was, but he was pretty funny. I liked that guy. His voice didn't sound at all like he looked like he would Uh, sound. No, not at all. And he had this giant mustache. (laughs) (laughs) This guy that's like, he must be some sort of sergeant or general or something that the Galaxy Rangers belong to because he's giving orders and stuff. But he's got this huge mustache. He looks like he'd be pretty B.A. But he talks like this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What it looked like was that somebody had dubbed over this guy and put it up as a joke or something. Like, that's how off it sounded. You know, it reminds me of, like, when we get anime, there's always that voice that sounds just like that that we get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always some buffoon character, like some (laughs) random throwaway character in every anime that has that voice. He's very, um, I, don't, I don't know, speciesist, racist. I don't yeah. know what you would say oh, in yeah, space. Oh, yeah, he's very but, racist. But so, yeah, what sets off the episode is Captain Kidd in his ship accidentally captures a trash spacecraft. And I guess to him, it could be booty. And we, you actually hear him say, shake your booty. So we know <laughs> it's not just treasure they're talking about all the time. Yeah, Squeegee is, he's a dirty birdie. It's, yeah, Squeegee is a dirty little monkey. And uh, (laughs) so the spacecraft is a trash fighter. Like you said, Captain Kidd runs to the human ship, actually hits it and gets brought aboard. So we bring the Galaxy Rangers into this whole mess. And and I don't remember why they decided to do this, but they're like, oh, we should go. We should probably go talk to the trash. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know what? One thing that I have to say real quick, because it's going to keep coming up is they say trash so much in this episode that it really it made me laugh just hearing them say trash <laughs> and treating it so seriously like this. It is pretty funny. This species is literally called trash. And they kept saying, like, you know, we we've encountered the trash like we've got the the trash are aboard like the trash fighters. And it's just 
I just thinking of it <laughs> as actual trash just made it really funny. Like this is the worst name species ever. Yeah, that was not a good move on their part. This is the first episode that me and Joseph got to see Doc in action. And Doc is the worst character I have seen in anything. He is ridiculous when he talks. His animation is terrible. His facial <laughs> expressions are horrible. Yep. Oh, man. So bad. Like, I, I don't know where they... I mean, they drew him as Billy D. Williams yeah. wearing a cowboy suit in space. The stuff he says doesn't make any sense. And His lines are... They all fall flat. Poor Doc. And he's, I mean, he they call him Doc because he's, he's supposed to be a doctor, right? And I there's guess. at one point, we find out that the trash, the reason that they are so hostile is they're afraid. <laughs> they're afraid of the two-legged things. Right. And Doc's like, oh my gosh, we're the two-legged things, right? And then he counts his Let legs. Let me count. Yeah. <laughs> one, two. You're a doctor. I am very afraid for everyone if you don't know how many legs humans have. It's like, this isn't Sesame Street, but that's what it felt like right there. Yeah. Was them like, how many legs do you have? One, two. <laughs> Doc is just, Doc just seems like on a different level than everybody else. Everybody else is like really serious and he's like trying to be the humor, I guess, but it's really but he's a complete like. complete idiot. It's such a distraction from the rest of the show. Yeah, he doesn't fit in at all. He's terrible. Because I loved this episode. This was my favorite episode by far. I liked the idea of this episode. Taking Doc out of it, it's just... Would have been good. It's a really cool concept that Nico, as the psychic of the group, has to communicate with this alien species and finds out that the reason that they are so hostile is because they have this great fear of these two-legged species that have only approached them with aggression prior. Right. It's really interesting approach that they took to this because it's like this species isn't just evil. They're just defending themselves. But in they their do minds. look creepy and they play creepy music when they're around. <laughs> yeah, well, they like, are giant they're, they're bugs. They're kind of scary. So it is hard to not look at them with fear. But still, they are relatively kind-hearted. What ends up happening at the end is great, too. Not in a good way, necessarily, but it's hilarious. So Nico, <laughs> you're going yeah, to. Nico, in communicating with them, she's basically just like, if you accept peace, then other species will leave you alone. And the High Command, who is just this giant caterpillar worm-like thing, these are the High Commands. These are the leaders of this group. It just says... It will be done. And it starts making this howling noise like, whoo, whoo, whoo. And then <laughs> for some reason, everybody else, all the humans start doing this Woo! and cheering. Just whoo, whoo, whoo. God. <laughs> Except for Doc. And he's just like, now I've seen everything. And it's like, shut up, Doc. Just howl along. <laughs> you know, the other characters are thinking, they're like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite lines of this episode was Captain Kidd. So they brought Captain Kidd on because Captain Kidd has heard some of the higher-ups of the trash commanding the other trash or controlling them by using a series of whistles. Mm -hmm. So they bring Captain Kidd with them because he says, I can pacify them. He can basically make them stop in their tracks and like paralyze them with specific whistles. So they take him. That's the whole reason Captain Kidd is with them. Right. So when they get in there, he's doing the whistle. It takes him like 10 minutes to get the right whistle. And like, because they're like, oh, try a lower octave. Oh, that's not working. Try a higher one. No, try this. And the whole time, freaking Gooseman is fighting these trash. 
just one or two of them. The rest are they're all just kind of standing there, hanging out. Like nothing is happening except Gooseman fighting a couple guys, and Captain Kidd keeps trying these whistles. But anyway, when they're they're first talking about the whistles and stuff like that, he like demonstrates with one of them. It's really shrill, hurts everyone's ears, and he goes. It's just like a lovesick teenager. (laughs) (laughs) That made me laugh out loud. I thought that was one of the funniest things ever. That was a great line. Uh, He was great because in the same way that Doc really made things feel different for the worse, Captain Kidd was the levity that the show needed in the right way. Like he was a comedic addition without going so far as Doc did to just completely break the seriousness altogether. Oh, one thing that I want to bring up, too, is that once again, we see that the Galaxy Rangers are not afraid to start some shit. Because when Nico is talking to this head honcho bug thing, at one point, uh, j- almost just like Zachary Fox in the pilot episode, she says, we are peaceful, but if we have to, we'll destroy you. Oh, right, right. <laughs> I was yeah. like, dang. That must be like the Galaxy Ranger thing is like, approach with peace, but also threaten. Yeah, we, <laughs> it's like their their motto is just like, yeah, we're a peaceful bunch, but if we have to, We'll kill all of you. (laughs) We will murder you and your family. (laughs) Exactly. Like, oh, man, I don't know Uh, how to feel about that. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of this one, they're talking about recruiting Captain Kidd to the Galaxy Rangers. And he's just like, oh, I could be the whistleblower. Of course, going back Uh, to whistling. And then Doc's just like, no, no, or something, (laughs) something over the top and this point is because when Captain Kidd said that, I was like, "Well, they can't do anything worse in this episode." And then Doc does that, and I'm like, "Well, yeah. well <laughs> that's... <me. laughs> yeah, whoops." <laughs> oh yeah, this is an episode where we actually get to see Gooseman use his power, where he transforms into one of something similar to trash. one of the bugs, yeah. yeah, into into trash. Yeah, it turns into trash and beats up other trash. Yeah. So, like I said, this was my favorite episode of the bunch. Definitely better than the pilot. Definitely better than the next one, too. Oh, All around, way better I, than the next I one. I loved the idea of this episode. Doc was the only distraction from it, but I cannot fault Ugh. the episode itself for that. It's just I one fault, person I fault out of the many. creators for that. Yeah, whoever decided Doc was a good idea, right. no. Let's, uh, let's give them the preface of this episode. This next episode is Heartbeat. Season 1, episode 65, which was, for some reason, the highest rated episode of this show. <laughs> I like that you said for some reason. I, I had to. Because, this is also okay. the last episode of the show. Last episode of the show, last episode we watched, so this is how it closed out. The queen plans on invading Tarkon. The heart of Tarkon has to be fixed and fully operational to fend off the fleet. The rangers and Maya must reveal the secret of the heart to the king, but some of the people think the rangers are tricking the king. Okay. This entire episode is pretty much just let's throw Doc into some wacky situations and that is it. The whole episode is following Doc without the others. So if you've heard how we felt about Doc in the last two descriptions, you'll understand why I didn't care for this episode. Really, (laughs) Yeah, I did not like this one. So basically, Doc is kind of in this um, on this planet where it's almost kind of medieval ish. There's like a king, everyone's got swords and stuff. Him and this lady are trying to convince the king to at least look at the heart of Tarkon, which is like um, 
I don't know how to describe it. Kind of like a moon sort of to them, but also yeah. like a deity. It's like a machine on the moon, but they but are But they don't anti- think it's a machine. Well, true, yeah. They're anti-technology, though, yeah. as a culture. As part of their medieval ways, they've sworn off technology. Even though the thing that they're, like, revering is made of technology. But they don't realize it. They refuse to press the power button. They refuse to turn it back on. Yeah. They refuse to awaken it, as they say. They're just trying to convince this king to take a look at it. They finally do it, but there's all these people around the king that are like, no, we we can't do this. And when the king realizes, oh, this is machinery, yeah, we should probably go turn this thing on to help keep the queen from invading. Yeah, because essentially it's the only way to turn on the defensive protocol that will actually prevent the queen from invading. (laughs) Right. So the other people of this court start attacking them and the first thing doc does is he just bolts out of there he runs the king is <laughs> fighting the king is fighting all these guys and doc just freaking leaves him just yep. leaves him high and dry starts running the other way but runs into some more guys and that is the only reason that doc ends up going back to the king otherwise he would just left him there to die yeah doc is a coward He's a coward first and foremost. No guts, no glory. So no glory for Doc. Also, every time he would start a confrontation with someone, he would Ugh. make this Tarzan-like scream. Ugh. He's just like, ah, with the sword out or something. <laughs> Whatever he had with him, he had to do that scream. I, d- I don't have any notes for the rest of this episode after that point because it literally says, Tarzan yell, like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. But I remember enough because I'm traumatized. The leader of the resistance against the king and awakening this machine is advisor Zanuck, who is obviously evil. We can tell this from the beginning because he's just that adversarial against everything that Doc and Maya, the king's daughter, are bringing to them. Right. Even even the, the proof that this is necessary, it's not good enough for Xanax. So he's got the rest of the king's crew attacking the king, trying to kill the king and kill Doc. What happens is Doc, the king, and Maya get on an airship of sorts, like a blimp. They take off to get to the heart of Tarkon and to get away from Xanax and his crew. And then Xanax and his bunch get their own airship, start chasing after them. They get these like fighting kites. Yeah, they use kites to fight in the air. (laughs) Yeah, these kites Uh, that are like manned kites, kind of like hang gliders. Doc and Xanax start fighting in the air with kites, trying to cut each other's rope so that that they'll be (laughs) detached from the ship. And Doc's a terrible flyer at first. He's just bad with kites. He's terrible at everything. He is. And then it's like not until his line gets cut does he become some sort of master kite pilot and so then he comes back up and starts to attack Xanak again, who then gets struck by lightning, <laughs> yeah. which and turns him into which turns him into Scarecrow, who is an infamous villain that we've never seen. But I guess right. because we're jumping from episode ten to sixty-five, but this guy's a big deal because yeah, there's they a treat lot this. Of- a lot of info in the Wikipedia article of this show about him. And he looks like a skeleton scarecrow pirate. So imagine that as you will. So this is a scarecrow in space in an old western type environment. Flying on a glider. Flying on a glider. <laughs> he is scarecrow exactly as you would think. He's got the skull type face, but he's got the scarecrow hat. He's got the... <laughs> Like scarecrow hair, <laughs> he's just... but but he's got like pants and like a belt and sword and stuff like a pirate. 
Yeah, so he's like, yeah, he's exactly. He's a pirate scarecrow. It makes no sense. So strange. Immediately, I was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> and they reveal him with such fear, too. It's like, scarecrow, not you. Yeah. Oh, my God. So eventually, they, they get to the heart of Tarkon, and all of a sudden, there's a pink Zordon from Power Rangers in there. Like exactly talking what, ex- to them. Exactly what I wrote. I yep. was like, what? <laughs> like, what? I'm so confused by this episode. There's some old guy living up there with Pink Zordon. <laughs> and old yeah, an old shaman living with Pink Zordon. Basically God, I don't I don't even remember exactly what happens. Maybe you do. Yeah, they're okay, so Scarecrow is there. Well, okay, Pink Zordon asks Doc to use the eye to see inside of the heart of the Tarkon. They're trying to revitalize the life force of the heart of Tarkon because it turns out it is actually a real heart, a a giant real heart that's being powered by technology. So it's not only is it powered down, but the heart is also dying. So it needs more life force. So Scarecrow interrupts and he's like, not life force, death force. And then... Which is the best line. And death force. So what else are you going to say in that situation, of course? Yeah. And so... Scarecrow wants the heart so he can have immortality and the power to defeat his ancient enemies. Maya rushes in to stop him. The king rushes in to stop him. Doc dropkicks Scarecrow. (laughs) Doc starts beating Scarecrow up by... He's punching him, but his hands are clenched together. And he's just (laughs) swinging his fists with his hands together and just keeps beating him with it, swinging his arms back and forth. And it looks ridiculous. Yeah, he's just clubbing Scarecrow with his double (laughs) fist. There's no way that would ever do damage <laughs> to anybody. And then Doc uses his miraculous badge powers of technology to distract Scarecrow. Not even to fight Scarecrow, just, just to, to distract, distract him. him for a second. So the shaman can sacrifice himself to give the heart life force, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, so then Pink Zordon becomes like the giant shaman. Like the, the what the shaman looked like is now replacing Pink Zordon. So it's a big ghostly version of him. Who has all this power. So he has repowered, revitalized the heart of Tarkon by sacrificing himself, which is kind of a cool thing to happen on a kid's show. Like, that's kind of a, a hefty topic to cover. My whole thought, though, is, I'm like, really? He could have just done that the whole time? Like, what took him so long? Yeah, I guess, <laughs> I don't, I guess at that point, for some reason, they didn't know or the Pink Zordon couldn't tell the shaman that Doc had to look in. <laughs> I guess because he's a doctor, he had to see that that heart is not well and needs to right. be revitalized. I don't know. I, I'm just trying to explain this off. The heart of Tarkon's going into cardiac arrest. Pretty much. Okay, so this powers up the planet defenses that help to fight off the fleet, the queen's fleet. We don't even see the queen in this episode, I don't think, or no, really I any of the so. fleet. Or really much of the Galaxy Rangers. They're kind of there. Well, we do finally get to see some destruction because it's like after the Heart of Tarkon is active again, I guess it was like their cue to start destroying all of the Queen's army. So like they're in a ship and they just start firing lasers and all of the Queen's army ships just start blowing to smithereens. Yeah, because there's also planetary turrets that are shooting up at the Queen's army as well. So that helps. Queen is pushed back. I don't I don't know what defeated to what extent because this is the last episode for whatever reason. Well, I mean, if Doc is your star, then obviously <laughs> right. this is the There's last a reason episode they got canceled. Do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get back to the planet, the Tarconians. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There's one thing before that. 
there is one scene in between that and the destruction and everything like that where they go back to the heart of Tarkon. You see Doc and Maya and the shaman who is now the pink Zordon man and the shaman ghost thing just goes, I have waited a long time for this day. And then there's an awkward pause for about three or four (laughs) seconds where no one is saying anything and no one's moving. And then it cuts to the scene that you started talking about. Like, literally, it was just like 10 seconds of that scene they threw back in there. And half of that was just no one talking or saying anything. It's just so awkward. Oh, well, one thing I did want to point out, I wrote this down. When we actually do get to see Zachary Fox, this is when the Queen's army is being defeated. And he says... Basically, I'm trying to save you and me and anyone else who doesn't want to be a slave, Pilgrim. And he, he oh, pauses yeah. for a he pauses for a long time before he says Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they were definitely trying to throw in a John Wayne thing there, but there's some awkward pauses in this episode, and it did not carry over well. I forgot about the awkward pause by the shaman. That was pretty great. <laughs> I waited a long time for this. Just crickets. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I was like, wait, what? Did I miss something? (laughs) Yeah. They go back to Tarkon and they get to see that they're now mixing the old ways with the new. Everything is great. They call Doc a hero and Doc's like, accidents will happen. And then he winks and Maya Uh. winks back. That's the end of the episode and the end of the series. And maybe rightfully so at this point, if that's where they're jumping ship to. This episode absolutely jumped the shark. Anytime that you're going to feature Doc above everyone else, you know something's wrong. Oh my God. I would almost be interested in watching more episodes of this show, but just knowing that Doc is getting so much like time on this show, I'm like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. What I would have liked is if this had been maybe, this would have been episode 11, let's say. Doc does this whole thing, saves Tarkon, and then gets married off to the princess Maya, and then he is no longer a member of the Galaxy Rangers. Yes. He is replaced then by Captain Kidd. Oh my and we god, get that would have been amazing. That for the rest of the series. Captain Kidd would have been the comic relief easily. He's the comic relief and the way better comic relief because then we also would have gotten to see more squeegee, more booty. It would have been great. <laughs> Everyone could use a little more booty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Chris... Let's go ahead and grab our inner kids off the outlaw spacecraft and see how they felt about Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers. All right, kid, get your little booty out here. This cartoon was so radical, and it had cowboys in space with crazy powers and half robots and chicken aliens with monkey pets that say, Booty! <laughs> But seriously, Doc ruined this cartoon, and I give it three bowls of woo cereal out of five. Let me start by saying that I had a heavy feeling of trepidation when you old folks said we'd be watching this cartoon. Mixing sci-fi in the Old West is definitely a gamble, but surprisingly, I did manage to really get into this show. This series took something as ridiculous sounding as cowboys, space sheriffs, and made it, well, something that was still fairly ridiculous, but also a ton of fun. I would give this show four big bowls of cereal with cyborg horses and trash bug marshmallows out of five. and would place these sheriffs, except for Doc, right up there on my list of awesome space cowboys along with Spike Spiegel and Vasha Stampede. No guts, no glory. Oh, nice callback to Vash the Stampede. I didn't even think about that. That's awesome. If we're going to talk space cowboy stuff, you have to mention what you did earlier, Cowboy Bebop and Trigun. 
Yes. I used to have a big Vash the Stampede action figurine thing. Nice. And it even had the little cat. I think I still have one of those somewhere. We need to watch that show for this show sometime. The next pick we get, we're going to do Trigun. That sounds good. We haven't done an anime for this show at all. We haven't, and we are due. Definitely. Do you have any other thoughts on this show before we head out of here? Final thoughts of this show. I think it took some risk, definitely. I think the biggest risk it took and maybe the worst one was keeping a character like Doc around. I could see where they were going with that and why they did it to try to lighten the mood a little bit, but it did it in the worst way possible. I think this was a good mixture of American and Japanese culture. It was very anime-ish, except for the fact that they did have Doc in there. That was the American portion that was added to it that I think really hurt the show. The rest of it, I really enjoyed. If you're going to watch any episode, watch the trash episode, because not only is that episode funny, but I really like the premise of it as well. And I think it sends a good message. So check that one out if you're going to check out any at all. And I would honestly skip the pilot episode. Because it gives you a weird impression of the show and the show completely changes after that. So this cartoon had everything that was both the best and the worst of 80s cartoons in one show. The pilot was terrible. It had some bad animation, not much of a plot, horrible voice acting. But it looks like they pulled most of that together after that. A lot of times pilots tend to be the worst of a series. For the rest of the series, I mean, the animation was awesome. Like, there, it, it looked good. Especially, like, the fighting scenes in the ships, the explosions, yeah. the lasers. That stuff looked awesome. It, and it is still some of the best animation I've seen for hand-drawn animation. I, I do agree with Little Me. Doc is terrible. The worst <laughs> character I've ever seen in a show so far. So far. <laughs> but... This does have the best music in a cartoon I've ever heard. It's so good. I mean, the the theme song's catchy. They play really similar music during the fight scenes and stuff like that. And there's also lots of orchestral music in there as well, just kind of mixed in. As soon as, like, some action starts kicking in, you get some more of that, like, rock music. And they use it in such a good way that you just, you want to continue listening to it after the show's done. Very smart idea there. And I got to tip my hat. Well, I'm not wearing one. If I was wearing a hat, I would tip it. I'll tip my headset (laughs) real quick. So, yeah, like, like I said, I I would possibly consider watching a few more episodes of this show. I I think I would have to look up and find some episodes that are very dark light (laughs) (laughs) to really get more out of it. But I would consider giving this more of a chance. So I agree with my kids three out of five. One thing that we didn't get to see, but I know is in the show and I really wanted to see were those cyborg horses. I wanted to see some robot horse. Oh, yeah, we didn't get to see those because those were in the trailer. Yeah, and the trailer sells it so well. If you're not going to watch the show, at least watch the trailer. You will be completely satisfied. IMDb right now and watch it. It gets you so excited. We were like... You'll be pumped. You'll want to ride a robot horse. (laughs) (laughs) We were so pumped for this one after watching that trailer. And our expectations were both met... Met and not met. (laughs) Met (laughs) and destroyed at the same time, yeah. (laughs) Oh, well, it happens. It does happen. Well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry, so it's time for us to say goodbye. And next week, in honor of the release of the new Ghostbusters movie coming this summer, we're going to be watching a trilogy of Ghostbusters cartoons, starting with... Ghostbusters! But not the one you're thinking of, the one with the monkey that has nothing to do with the movie. 
It'll be a perfect start. <laughs> it will. It'll be great. Once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Booty. Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.